Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. Trans POV is more than just the trans narrative. There are the usual questions about the trans person's earliest memories and their various stages of gender exploration. We have already discussed the differences between transsexual, transgender, and gender fluid, and that gender identity is different from gender expression, which again is different from sexual orientation. While I am usually open to answering other people's respectful questions, which no one would ever dare to ask of other transgender people, it is clear that simple definitions aren't enough anymore, and we need to be talking about lived realities and sometimes the voices we need to hear from aren't always trans. It's time for a bit of Trans 201. Welcome to Trans Point of View. Welcome back. You are listening to Trans Point of View. My name is Michelle Shepard. Now, what I'm kind of focusing on at the moment, I've got got to, you know, it's coming up to New Year's, and I'm thinking New Year's resolutions, and the most common New Year's resolution is we always seem to want to go to the gym and get in better shape. Or when we come out as transgender, we have this thing about, I want to lose weight, I'm going to be more feminine, or if you're a trans man, you want to become more masculine. But when going to the gym, sometimes there's that disconnect. So today, my guest, uh, their name is Bowie. And Bowie is a personal coach, physical fitness coach. Tell me about yourself, Bowie. Um, so I, I like to call myself a fitness coach um, because I find it's just a more diverse name. It kind of includes a lot of more stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm non-binary uh, and I'm just passionate about training and helping people whenever I can, really. Now, I think we did a show together on Family Matters yeah, we where did. we talked about, about a lot of trans youth, I believe it was, and yeah. talking about doing fitness stuff for, for the trans um, youth out there. So what kind of work have you been doing uh, with your company that you do? Uh, so we run online fitness coaching uh, for the queer community uh, with a, a focus on helping trans people to kind of help build that outer image that fits their inner identity. Um, it's really something that I'm passionate about as like a lot of my training, my personal training for myself is about shaping my body to feel more connected with who I am inside as well. Okay. Now, um, as you and I have been talking before we did this show, I said, look, you know, I, I sent you some stats about myself as well. Now, I'm I'm a six foot three trans woman and I'm not exactly the skinniest or the most, um, you know, stereotypical of, of women, obviously. Um, but one of the things I, I was was important for me was getting your sort of your imp, your input and opinion, because I found that when I was going out in early days of transition, I was either given advice to do starvation diets. I went to go see personal trainers and they constantly wanted to put me on weights after doing weight training as a man before and but then at the same time they didn't know what programs to put me on whether she put me on on a female program or a male program do you have any input on this as well um i don't think there is actually a male and female program um i, I think the the concept of that is just madness really it's all about the individual so there's there's always training that you can do that will build like lean strong muscle without creating bulk there's ways that if you want to bulk up you can do heavier weights there's always 
a way to uh, create something that's for the individual person, regardless of gender, and okay. to to um, be told that there's there's something otherwise is just. <laughs> so oh, I, I can't believe someone would actually say that to you. <laughs> like, yeah, look. Wow. Uh, most people are like, okay, go out and buy yourself some new activewear. Make sure it's like pink, and then we look good in the gym and go on the treadmill. Oh, and I'm going, why? That is, I'm like, I'm like, that's what I see a lot of cis women do. And I'm yeah. going, uh, and it's funny. I actually had a conversation with my mom because I was away for a couple of weeks seeing my mom back in the U.S. And I threw on some shorts and just an old, uh, actually same color, green colored shirt you have on now. Yeah. And my mom goes. You're a girl now. Why don't you go buy something pink and put that on? Oh. I'm going, Mom, I'm just going to be sweating. I just want to get it out of my system. Yeah. But there's this, like, everyone thinks there's, like, this gendering even within the gym space. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's sheer madness. Uh, it, it just it just shocks me. And I think so much of that kind of deters anyone from wanting to go into that environment anyway because it comes with a just judgment it's like you're not wearing uh, this name brand of of clothing therefore oh you you mustn't be able to work out as well as me wearing my lululemons it's like <laughs> what what does that even mean <laughs> 79 and 79 dollar uh you know uh, what do you call them, leggings and stuff, is not oh. going to make me actually go better no, at the gym. No, it doesn't actually do anything for you at all except for, like, fuel consumerism. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and so, look, and I, I've always, I don't subscribe to most of the same stereotypical stuff. I'm very much like, I go to the beat of my own drum. Yeah. I learn my own stuff because half the time I found that um, the education that's out there is based on sort of uh, stereotyping and things like that that oh, yeah. we seem to subscribe to as, as trans women, especially. Um so if I was going to be coming out as a trans woman like I was four years ago and starting on this journey of going from, as photos you saw me before, as a, as a more bulked up man mm. going to the gym, what would be one of the first pieces of advice you'd give? Um, I would just say start where you're comfortable at. Like I know that might be hard because there's so much discomfort within yourself mm. already uh, in the process of that transition. But like when it comes to getting a bit active to try and lose that little bit of weight, like wear what you're comfortable wearing and do what you feel ready to do. Even if that's going out for a walk, like you don't have to jump straight into the gym. Like gyms are so heteronormative and they're like being a trainer myself, I've gone to gyms and felt quite uncomfortable and I know what I'm doing there. And, and you know, so for someone who's not even from that kind of situation to have to walk into that, it can be so confronting. Um, and so, yeah, the best thing I'd say, start with walking, like wear something comfortable, uh, find a podcast, some music that makes you feel good and go for a half hour, one hour walk and do that regularly and that's going to put you well on your way to getting started with everything that you need. Nice. See, I found myself when I was at the gym, even even presenting as a man going to the gym, like I'd go based off the advice of the personal trainers. They always always about, you know, paid the money to get in and, and they were constantly on you, on you, on you. Um, but more for like the money side of things where I finally walked in and looked at all these machines going, what the hell am I doing? And I find it overly intimidating. And next thing I'm stuck with a gym membership. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, so having a gym subscription, is, it doesn't guarantee you any progress other than the fact that you have access to the facility. Um, personally, I find gym equipment to be kind of pointless because they're all about like isolation of movement. It's like sit on this machine and move your arms. And it's like, <laughs> okay, but if that was outside in a practical situation, when are you ever in a circumstance where that's kind of, the time that you're applying strength it's like i've got to lift this box let me sit down and <laughs> and lean forward and now i'm going to pick up this box because that's what i've trained to do exactly um 
Yeah, uh, I, I, my background is in kettlebells. Um, so a kettlebell is like a cast iron ball with a handle. Uh, mm-hmm. They come in like heaps of different weights. But the beautiful thing about them is everything that you do with them always forces you to use your whole body um, to, to stabilize. And it has such a great practical application outside with everything that you do, whether like you could be walking along slip over, like having the ability to kind of catch yourself from falling is, you know, something that working out on a gym equipment or, you know, do it on a squat machine, it's like, it doesn't give you that same kind of reflexive strength. Now, one of my favorite um, friends I fall on um, on Facebook um, is uh, Marie. It's all it's pronounced so differently. It depends where you are. Like I look at it and say Yana Marie, but it's you know Jenna Marie. She used to be uh, known by as, as Matt Croc, who mm. was a, a bodybuilder. Yeah, and she is for um, she's beautiful by the way, and she has and, and I'm and I'm it's okay name. Uh, uh, going by her old name mm. I don't say dead name I hate the term dead name mm. um, but she's very comfortable with that because she knows where she comes from and things yeah. like that where we're friends and but you look at what she was before you look at her now she looks magnificent like she's bulky oh, and huge she's and, incredible I'm, yeah. I'm so jealous yeah <laughs> and uh, but she uh, uh, but she's so warm and so she did a documentary as well but she doesn't care about that bulk mm. which it inspired me a bit more to actually go back uh, and say, you know, it doesn't really matter. But I know a lot of trans women, when they come out, and I know I'm focusing on trans women because I'm a trans woman myself, and there seems to be a bigger um, disconnect with the gym, I think, with trans women. Mm. Um, there's this fear of touching weights or fear of actually doing anything that that promotes any kind of muscle building. Yeah. Um, is there myth around these sorts of things? Or Absolutely. So weights it's so good for your body because they build um, muscle density and when you have denser muscles that increases your bone density so it just makes your body stronger in general so you only build muscle when you start doing like heavy weights low reps if you're not doing that style of training you're not going to gain bulk okay um so it's all about uh yeah the movements that you make so the weights themselves just in general are not going to cause you to gain muscle mass i mean they'll make you tone and they'll make you lean and they'll make you strong but they don't have to make you bulky at all so we're looking at low low um weight with high reps okay yeah that's right uh, i think that's where people just get that sort of disconnect because i know myself i've had that because of lack of education i mean look i can i can make your house so you can speak to your uh your lamp until it turns itself on and off i can take your television (laughs) apart fix your iphone but when it comes to actually the biomechanics of actually trying to what makes and builds and loses muscle and and in fact I couldn't I couldn't tell you so I've looked at weights myself again going yeah but if I touch that I notice that my muscles are bigger again so there's always that fear yeah yeah and there's so much just misinformation out there in the fitness industry and so many so many kind of fads and just trends and it's all it all just become so confusing for anyone to really kind of follow and understand and you can google search it and there's like so many different opinions based on you know who what that particular trainer is that you just have no idea kind of where where to even start what to look at who to believe um, oh i'm I'm the, I'm the exact same way with um uh so when i what what's got me curious is is obviously most of us who come out as trans or say non-binary or whatever we always get inspired to go i want to do something for the community i want to do something for the community like myself doing radio or doing the other stuff other than apart from say being non-binary what is it sort of what inspired you to actually start doing what you do specifically for trans 
I just think that being able to have support, like I came, I'm from regional Queensland, so up there, I, don't, I didn't have that sort of support. There's no support for trans people up there. There's there's not support for gays and lesbians up no. there. So it's it was quite a hostile environment, and I I didn't really fully transition until I moved down to Melbourne, where I felt like there was safety in doing so. Um, and I just think since then, just seeing what it's like to not have any anything there, or, or people who actually understand um, what it's like to transition in any form, whether it's socially or physically, um, and have that lived experience to be able to relate to other people within the trans community. So I really, really feel that um, having socially transitioned um, myself and and kind of build working towards more physical transition that I kind of understand where uh, everyone is coming from and I feel that that just allows me to kind of get a, a better idea of exactly what what you want as opposed mm. to you've said the trainers who told you you've got to have that man's program or that woman's program it's like no it's, <laughs> it's not <laughs> you don't it doesn't have to be like that and I just would love to show people in the trans community that there's there's an option out there that it can, will help them so much to identify with their body mm. as as much as they can. Now, you and I talked about, say, my, myself and, and coming further into, um, you know, going on four years within, tra- well, it's four years now in transition. Um, so here I am, six foot three. Now I've actually put on weight. Now, when I started all of this, I went down to about 92 kilos. Mm. And now I'm up to 120. I know that that sounds horrible, but I'm I'm as always everything I do I put myself out here as as the guinea pig and, and to use myself an example. So obviously I put on a fair bit of more weight, not so much muscle mass. Yeah. So where do I start? I mean, you take a look at some of the stats I've sent you. you know, yeah. I'm here. I am. I've got a higher you know uh, heart rate that's going on now. I'm yeah. not sleeping. Um, very active. Uh, I know I myself, I've fallen into the category, which a lot of people, not just trans do, but I fall in the category of dating is, is not been a very successful thing for me. Um, it's be, you become that bit of isolation, even though I'm quite, um, open and out there with friends and, and, and family that I have here, but that intimacy is, is no longer there. Mm. Um, so I found I've fallen back on the guy thing and, and drown myself in work. I've, um, and that it is known that men do that more. It's 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 not a gendering thing. It's it's a known fact. Uh, eating. I have actually fallen the fact the the trap of eating for comfort. Yeah, that's a big one. I think for so many different people. Yeah. Um, and it just it just comes down to the kind of the relationship that you have with food, and it, it becomes a vicious cycle because you'll feel uh, like a bit a bit down, whether it's like a bit depressed or anxious. So you'll eat because it gives you that kind of sense of comfort it gives you certainty you know you're going to eat something that you're going to enjoy uh it's familiar to you so it has all these little aspects of stuff that you're going to be like oh that that makes me feel good and happy oh my about God. myself <laughs> but it, but then after you've eaten that that it's not there anymore and yeah. then you like guilt follows and you think oh i've eaten so much of it and oh i feel horrible about myself i shouldn't have done that and it turns from this little moment of comfort to this this negative cycle that then follows and it's it's a, a limiting belief so it's about trying to recreate your relationship with food and how it can turn from that negative cycle to something more positive um, and constructive. But it t- can take a lot of 
kind of really having to look within and reflect on why um, food has become your comfort in the first place. So it can be quite a journey just in breaking that cycle. Yeah, look, some of the advice I got in the early days of when the transition was, um, you know, eat, 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 a, eat a, uh, an apple, a black cup of coffee for breakfast, you know, lunch is a can of tuna and dinner was like a piece of fish and veggies. And I'm going, <laughs> and I'm going, okay. Sounds horrible. I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm just going to, I'm just going to slip my wrist now. Like, no one told me as a woman I was going to starve. So, <laughs> oh, calorie restrictions in eating just is painful. It's so horrible. It's not enjoyable. And when you're not actually looking forward to eating, it makes it so easy to not not stick to those kind of it's a it's a diet like dieting is horrible and it's all about restriction and when when we're restricted from something there's a part in our brain that doesn't get that reward and it's like why am i doing this when i don't get any reward for it and then you get to a point and it might be three days it may be three weeks maybe three months down track and it's just like nah screw it that's it and you'll have this massive binge and then you're just like Oh, just <laughs> why? Why did I do this? And and you, you'll never stick to it, because dieting like that is just it's just horrible. No. It's so unenjoyable. See, I did in the early days just to sort of it, it just it, I was real determined. Mm. I was damn determined because I wanted to get down to a certain point because this is just what I was just getting myself on a good start. And everyone kept going on about how guy fat. Now this is a big one within the trans women community that mm. that you need to strip down all of your guy fat before you start transition because then you put on the other fat you become this round ball mm. if you don't and truth myth i'm not too sure you probably can help with that but all i know is is i'm a very huggy cuddly person i'm just everyone's happy to see me hence why i've, I've got the name mama mish but mm-hmm. mama mish is not a very friendly person when she's hangry yeah so, <laughs> <laughs> and i don't want to go back and do that so yeah. what about that myth with the with the boy fat and the, and the chick fat like is there a, a i've difference? never heard of man fat and lady fat um except for placement on the body so men and women carry fat in different areas but i don't necessarily think it's it's got a gender your body doesn't identify it as anything other than um, a storage of excess energy that's all fat is so um i don't think look if you can find a way to get it from here (laughs) my ass then then i'm you know you'll be my new best friend Yeah. So what, what um, have you done much with, uh, with say, adults apart from the youth or? Um, I've worked with adults. I haven't had the opportunity to work with a lot of trans adults apart from myself. Um, but it's, it's, very, it's very similar. Like with taking the hormones, it's going to give you those female traits. So it becomes kind of fat deposits in the same areas as a cis woman would have them. Um, but it just comes down to just being aware of what you're eating. It's not about restricting calories. It's about eating until you feel satisfied, but not overeating. Like diet makes up like 80% of any weight loss or weight gain. It's massive. Exercise has such a small effect to what eating does and it's just crazy because it's I think there's quite a bit of confusion with that sort of thing it's like oh I just I train all the time I train all the time it's like but then you eat really bad stuff and you can never out train a bad diet uh, because no. <laughs> <laughs> it's it just is not how it works so it's just about eating until you're satisfied not until you're over full because I think that's a big one people kind of lose the awareness of when their stomach says okay 
like I've had enough and you're like but there's still food there like, yeah of <laughs> I course to finish you uh, <laughs> I found that in the states like in the states we could easily like you can go and just eat say the chicken and take everything else home if you want to mm. or here there's that if you buy it you pretty much have to eat it yeah or you can't take it with you yeah that's right um but that's not that, that's not so much the excuse but you know but I myself I've I fall in the trap of you know I just really enjoy my food I mm. can't I can't help it yeah. so um, but that's that's my girlfriend. That's she. She loves me, but not in a good way. <laughs> that's an abusive relationship. Yeah, um, and you, you still can enjoy your food. So eating slowly is a great one. So what happens is when we eat, it takes twenty minutes for our stomach to tell our brains that we're actually full. So if you can take a meal and eat it slowly over twenty minutes, at that twenty minute point, regardless of how far you've got through a meal, you're fine. It's like oh, I'm I'm feeling satisfied. So even though there's, and even though it's delicious and there's stuff there, you'll be able to have the awareness. It's about kind of reconnecting your brain with your stomach and getting everything talking to itself again, so that you can start to feel those hunger cues. Because mm-hmm. a lot of the time, especially in Western society, we have such an abundance of food that people don't really know what it is to feel actually hungry. It's like, oh, it's twelve o'clock. This is the time I usually eat. I better eat something or. So there's always that abundance there and it, it kind of leads us to forget that if we eat till we're satisfied, not till we're full, only eat when we're actually feeling hungry because a lot of time if you're bored, um, that's another a way of people will kind of fill that boredom with eating. It's like, I'm bored. Oh, I'm just going to eat something. Well, I know myself, like when I'm at work, like for breakfast, I'll tend to have say, um, I'm really doing my best not to do like the carbs, like the toasts and things like that. Like I'll, you know, I've made that change, like say, you know, again, black coffee or maybe go and do um, uh, something simple, like maybe some egg, like an egg or something, cook it like an egg white, you know, like an ever breakfast or something yeah. like that. But I find then by like nine, 10 o'clock, I'm already hungry again and I'm drinking already heaps of water. Is it yeah. that disconnect between brain and stomach or? Um, it can also be that like when you, because that sounds like a really kind of restricted mm. breakfast as well. So if you haven't actually eaten enough to give you that energy to get to through your next point it can be that so that comes back to that deficit in calories again and kind of that restriction that's there so it's not about like there's a big a big myth around you know don't eat carbs or don't eat sugar and don't eat this and don't eat that and it's like you can eat what you want just eat it in moderation yeah it's all about control food itself isn't bad there's no bad food it's, <laughs> it's not, I mean, I wouldn't recommend. I like this. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't recommend eating like a lot of deep fried and fatty foods, but there's nothing to say that you can't have a small serve of that, you know, every now and then. So yeah. So my lifestyle in the states while I was away, three days of eating chicken wings in a row was not exactly <laughs> a good idea. I get it. I understand. Universe, stop telling me this by bringing Bowie in here. I get it. <laughs> yeah. So food isn't bad. It's and I think society and especially the fitness industry. And with all these kind of eating fats, like you can have a juice diet. It's like, why? Why would you want a juice diet? <laughs> like when we eat, you've got to think, is this something that you can sustain long term? So mm. that's what it comes down to. Diets are short term and not sustainable. If you learn to eat in a way that you can do for the rest of your life, that's going to be really helpful for yourself physically, mentally and, and like emotionally, 
then that's a pattern that you need to follow because going like up and down and it's like, oh, this is the latest thing. I'm going to go keto this month, you know. I'm going to um, cut all carbs and just eat fat. <laughs> it's like, why? 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 Why would you do that? Yeah. Yeah, somebody said to me, oh, they should try keto. And I'm going, and I looked at it, it was like, I think I'd have a heart attack eating that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, and it's just like, just... It's all about, and that comes down to like it's all about restriction. It's like, oh, you can eat this, but don't eat that. Or eat this, but don't eat that. You got paleo. Let's eat like cavemen. How do we know what cavemen ate like? Yeah, like it was exactly. so long ago, and those times are no longer around. Well, one thing I've tried doing, and I'm, I made a change. Like since we've started having this conversation, you know, I've, I've, you know, I've got my you know, fitness watch on. I've mm-hmm. got my, you know, I've downloaded an app, and I'm taking a look at that. Now, one thing I didn't really think about before, which is, which seems like a common sense to me. You know, add this, add, you know, add your opinion on this if you want, mm-hmm. but. Normally in the past, whenever I did stuff like Weight Watchers or any of the others, they give you a set number of calories and you have to eat those calories. Yeah. Well, what there was an, actually an option to change for the calorie thing to, I don't remember what it was called. I think it was like they've got your numbers and then there was like uh, another one where you sort of like earn your calories based on the movement you do. Yeah, okay. And so you had your certain number that was set based on your size and whatever, but mm-hmm. then I'd throw and say, okay, I had a cup of coffee, mm-hmm. I had an apple, I had uh, a capsicum, I went and had... Um, uh, something else, whatever. And then, but if I got up and moved, it said, okay, you can have these many more calories to add to your diet <laughs> if you would ever. I said, that made more sense because I'm actually earning what I'm eating. But uh, where, where is all this? I like. Well, it's it's kind of like when you exercise, you burn calories. So let's say, let's say you go for a jog and you burn 200 calories. And it's like, oh, now you can eat an extra 200 calories. Yeah. It makes the jog, the jog redundant because yeah. that extra 200 calories you've burnt is going to put back into your body with more food so it's kind of like this vicious cycle of continuously (laughs) keeping you at this one level because you're not actually allowing your body to kind of burn through kind of what what excess that you have on you because that's how that's how it works like when you start burning calories fat is just stored energy Hmm. so start eating just a regulated diet doesn't have to be restricted just you know portion controlled at least like just four good meals a day um, and a bit of exercise. Uh, sleep is another huge one for um, weight loss as well, surprisingly. If you don't get at least eight hours of sleep a night, your mental capacity would come up as though you have a blood alcohol reading of 0.05. Oh, so, wow. yeah, it really limits your, your mental capacity. And when we're tired and when we're in that state, willpower is down. So the more fatigued you are, the, the easier it's going to be for you to give in to those cravings and those kind of bad habits that if you are a little bit more alert, you may be able to kind of be like, no, no, I've got this self-control. This makes sense because myself, sleep is, is a horrible thing for me. Like for between running a main job, uh, building my own business, running a radio show, flying between, say, here in Sydney, mm. running around all over town, mostly parenting, I find sometimes I get to 10 o'clock, I'm waking at 1, 3 o'clock in the morning. Mm. Um, there are certain things to do, like say before bed, that you'd recommend to help sort of contribute to better sleep for this whole thing? Um, I think if you can start like a, a, a routine, like a wind down routine, because a lot of time, I know I'm a bad one for this too because like running my own business I'm up and I'm I'm on my laptop and I'm working I'm working I'm working and then all of a sudden it's like oh it's late I better go to sleep now but my brain is like so stimulated it's like no think about this and you've just been doing that don't don't stop so trying to kind of create this cutoff point where it's like okay now the laptop shuts this goes away I I start kind of this routine where I'll you know have a shower and I'll start preparing for bed and it allows my mind time to just sl- slow down 
and yeah. and kind of get into more of a habit of, of not constantly being switched on. Yeah, my worst is when I've got like, say, uh, I remember on Trans Day of, uh, not Trans Day, it was uh, International Day of, of um, Day against against Homophobia, yeah, I have a Hobbit Day, whatever mm. you want to call it. There's too many acronyms in our community. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but then I'm laying there and it's like, um, you know, three o'clock in the morning, I'm up, I'm, I'm going through my speeches in my head, I've got my, my phone on, I'm doing recording, and all of a sudden it's like, okay, I've got to focus on this, and all of a sudden my brain's going, ladies and gentlemen, it's Mambo number five, <laughs> and, then, and then all of a sudden there goes the rest of my evening, and I and I actually went, and I found that, that I was so buggered by the end of the day that I ended up having a fall, and hurting myself yeah. while I was going to a train because I was yeah. just so out of it. Yeah, absolutely. It's And it's one I think people aren't really aware of um, and just how important it is to to take the time. And it's hard. People are like, I can't find the time. It's like, you can't find the time to go to sleep and yeah, have, I know, right? have a good sleep. And it's got so many more implications with your health. It leads to increased heart disease and just general physical well-being so you, your risk of mortality i think increases the less sleep you have just kind of you know staying alive there so i know i'm gonna get, you're gonna use me as a guinea pig we're gonna have a bit of a project and yeah. i'm gonna we're gonna work together and see how to change mama mish's uh lifestyle and whatever right. and so we can we can share this with uh the wider community yeah and you know i will take photos of my fat ass and and <laughs> and we'll yeah, we'll put some plans together and I'll show, you know, what we do, what I'm doing and, and yeah. try to go and do that as well. Um, but if anybody wanted to do the same thing with you, if somebody wanted to follow up with you and actually, hey, you know, Bowie, I want to go and do what you're doing to Mama Mish and help um, do these sorts of things. How can they reach out to you and and get your services? So we're, we're really active on Facebook. We have a page, uh, Fearless Movement Collective is our business name. Okay. Uh, you can contact us there. We have a website, which is... Uh, www.fearlessmovement.co okay. um, so you can contact us on either of those places and we'll be there ready to have a chat and help out however we can sounds great well so make sure I share this on um, on my trans POV uh, page as well and on Twitter and stuff through our through our accounts um, but but yeah we'll, we'll make sure we take some photos and post it in as sort of a project so mm. people can follow along so they can um, uh, see how it sort of works out yes sounds awesome. fantastic Bowie thank you so much for coming today and sharing with us uh, your insights and all this and I invite you to come be part of some more of the body image uh, shows that I'm doing to talk about you know better body image better better just the connection between you know mind body all that kind of crap mm, so absolutely. Uh, it's not crap but you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> anyway thank you you have been listening we'll talk to you soon and thank you for listening today if you do want to reach out to us you can get us on email transpov at joy.org.au you can also get us on facebook which is transpov on joy you can get us on twitter transpov or you can just come to joy.org.au and just follow up what's going on here at joy in general thank you so much we'll talk to you next week this podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.